And now, Merc eats a cookie. So good. This has been Merc Eats a Cookie. I wanted him to eat a croissant, so I'm very upset. (laughs) I will declare war on you, sir. The cookie croissant roars of 2021. 2021. The legacy of the Metal Wars. When man fought machine, and machine ate a cookie. We get very little sustenance from this. (laughs) It is stuck in my gears. Dying. Icing has given me emotions. Don't know how to handle icing. Just like mom used to make. Wait, I have no mom. Ah. This may appear to be only monkey business, but in reality, it's very serious, ladies. Zero issues comic podcast. Zero issues comic podcast. And with that, welcome to the show. <laughs> yeah, welcome to the show. Hey, welcome to the show, everybody. You, you there. You there listening? Welcome to the show. We always liked you. Always. Thanks for thanks for tuning in, Greg. Hey, Greg. E- eating a cookie also, at home. What? Did you know that you were a robot, Greg? <laughs> Surprise. Oh, Yes, Greg. welcome to the show, everybody. Thanks for listening. Uh, I am Merc. I'm, I'm Bry. And I'm Kyle. And we're the guys who do the show. And you're listening to the show. And I hope you're enjoying that, that cookie there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I hope and I hope you, Merc, are enjoying that cookie there. Oh, now he's drinking what appears to be a can of tomato juice. <laughs> yes, a, that's a, what it is. He's a real sick and, effort. Yeah, there, it's like a, a chunky tomatoes, just freshly... Mm-hmm. Yeah. Stewed? Mm. Mm. Nothing like a good can of stewed tomato. Just di- you dip your cookie in there, I assume. Yeah. Just dip, dip, mm. Carbonated ragu. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I call it cragu. Cragu. Ugh. Oh, yeah, you gotta climb the uh, the ragu cragu. <laughs> oh, this is diet cragu, though. Yeah, yeah. It tastes remarkably like normal Craig. Yeah, but it only has half the calories. It, it tastes a lot like Craig, yes. <laughs> it tastes a lot like Craig. Who tastes a lot like Craig, who's listening to the show. Yeah! And now news. Current Zero News Flash. There's always more news. The news doesn't stop. The news will not stop, but we'll try to get through it pretty quickly, because last week was all news, so this week, just a little news. It's kicking things off with just some comic creator, um, like a situation that, that you know, is persisting, basically. Uh, Ed Brubaker, I believe, a little while back, or months back, made some statements, basically, about royalties, or his, uh, you know, from uh, his his stories, like the, the works he did for Marvel being adapted into gigantic movies like Winter Soldier, Falcon Winter Soldier, all that, like, mm. and, and how little he gets for that, um, which kind of became a little bit of a firestorm. And it came out, I think, in August that, like, Marvel generally pays creators about $5,000 as, like, a royalty when adapting their work, which, of course, go on to make millions and millions and millions and millions, 
which is yep. uh, a pittance for them. Um, so there was kind of a back and forth online uh, with the Hawkeye show coming out really soon. They have a new poster for it, and it's very much evoking the David Aha covers, uh, especially oh, like yeah. there's like a big sort of purple arrow, and you have like uh, Hawkeye and Kate Bishop and Lucky the dog kind of taking aim, which is extremely similar to another cover that David Aha did with, like, the same arrow with, like, the purple, the city in the background and, like, Hawkeye, you know, aiming his bow. Yeah. So, uh, Bruno Redondo had made some comment, I think, on Twitter. It's always on Twitter. These things always happen on Twitter. Like, somebody basically posted the the poster and was going on about, like, you know, evoking Matt Fraction's run. So, obviously, took a little bit of contention with that as an artist being, like, saying that, uh, Wishing that people would stop crediting just the writers when most of the visual the visual content is just that. Like, it's based on the art, right? So, like, usually you, you know, that's just something that's happened through our comics for a long time. David Alha replied yeah. to that, even better, stop crediting, start paying. Because, uh, eh, you know, literally his work is being yeah. kind of recreated and repackaged. And, yeah. uh, without, without and credit, it's not without like pay. That was, it's not like that was not clearly taken directly from that it is very much so borderline almost identical like, exactly like the yeah, logo the that's style not accidental everything. yeah yeah it's like 100 percent doing his work so i mean he sort of said it kind of lightheartedly but considering this is a a matter of contention with with uh, creators at marvel and that's not going away just worth a mention yeah. i'm excited for the show but i mean wouldn't exist without david aha's work so uh yeah, absolutely. Another quick thing, something coming out uh, on November 30th. Um, Danny DeVito. Danny DeVito mm. news. <gasps> Is I he finally playing this. Logan? I do know about this. Yes, Danny, yes, yes. Uh, he's No, he's actually writing a comic book, or, or a story in a comic book. He's going to be writing a Penguin and Catwoman story, appropriately enough, in uh, Gotham City Villains Anniversary Giants that's coming out on November 30th, uh, called Bird Cat Love. And he actually posted on Twitter, that's always freaking Twitter, <laughs> uh, preview pages uh, by Dan Mora, who is going to be drawing this book. And, like, you know, tagged him and everything like that. So it's just like, that's got to be pretty fun. Like, like, uh, Danny DeVito writing a Penguin comic, and uh, I definitely will be buying that just based on Danny DeVito writing a Penguin comic. I like it. Um, other Dan Mora news, just throwing it out there very, very quickly. So Dan Mora, obviously an artist, a really good artist. I really, really, really like his work a lot. Um, he's also going to be drawing uh, a story in Detective Comics number 1050 coming out in January, but the main... With the Trash Man, right? With the Trash Man? The Trash Man, yeah. He's introducing the Trash Man <laughs> with... Uh, with Danny DeVito. <laughs> uh, no, he's going to be... There's a world's finest like Batman and Superman story going to be in Detective Comics number 1050 uh, written by Mark Wade, who I don't believe has worked for DC Comics. He might have done something here or there, but he hasn't really worked for DC Comics since like 2008. You know, I'm a big fan of Mark Wade. He's uh, written a lot of definitive runs that have meant a lot to me. He, you know, mm. some people have different opinions on him. He can be a bit of a, uh, he can be very outspoken. Let's just say that. And some people like that. Some people don't. Whatever. I love it. I, I've always liked Mark Wade's work. And he obviously has a massive love for DC and Superman and stuff. So that's, uh, that's very interesting to see. It was worded in a way where it's like just the beginning of like Mark Wade working on with these characters. So I guess he's, uh, Dan DiDio's gone, but Mark Wade is back, <laughs> which I kind of expected to happen. And again, Dan Mora, uh, they just had a preview image just showing Dan Mora. Like designs for that of Superman and Batman, and Batman's like wearing like the blue and gray with the oval again. So I don't know if this is like set in the past or or what this is, but uh, I I am on board. There's not really much else to say about it, but 
Dan Moore is a very good artist, and uh, I'm I'm, cool. I'm going to read both of these things. Nice. Like it. That's it. Cool. That's all. That's it. That that that's what qualifies for news. That's the news. That's the news, baby. All right. We'll see you next week. Oh wait, there's more. But there's more. <laughs> <laughs> I'm cold. Warm me up. These cold November Wednesdays. Welcome to the warm up. Okay, this week for the warm up, we are going to uh, we're we're gonna make some new amalgam characters. Uh, we've we've done this before, and it's a little bit like Character Storm, a little bit like Character Storm, but not quite the same. Yeah. So famously, Marvel and DC had a uh, had a crossover event called Marvel vs. DC in the nineties. Remember the nineties? God, things were so much better then. <laughs> the coolest heroes. Heroes. Right? Totally. Um, anyway. No. Merc uh, shakes head. The hottest heroines. Radical. They were fine. Radical, radical, I, I mean, radical. we all had full heads of hair. That's true. Yeah. That's true. And the most outrageous in the universe. These ain't your daddy's comic books, fanboy. The DC Comics. Get your DC Comics at Merlin's Downtown or Gorilla Bob's on the North Side. So... I've sent you both uh, lists of characters, and you don't know who the other one has, so I want you to, to pick a number. Pick pick numbers based on, you know, the things that I sent you, and uh, oh, okay. I will reveal who uh, who the characters are. All right. And then we'll talk about them. All right. I'm picking okay. one. I pick three. So three and one. Okay. So that's... Yes. <laughs> Dear Lord. So uh, Merc picked Legion, and Bri picked Signal. Okay. Who's Signal? I don't even know who Signal is. Uh, Duke it's, uh, Thomas. Like Duke Thomas. He's um. He wears he's like a yellow Robin. costume. He's kind of like it's a bat character, but he sort of operates more in the daytime. I think isn't that kind of his deal? Yeah, that's his deal. He's like uh, you know, nobody's stopping crime during the day. Daytime, nighttime. Yeah. So he's got a bright yellow costume. Yeah, the big, big, bright bat. Uh, maybe it lights up. I hope it lights up. I mean, it's like a, it's a bit of a day feet. bat, you know? It's a day bat. Yeah. I'm just no night bat. It, it lights up, but it's it's the middle of the day, so can't really tell precisely. So, okay. what the heck would that even be like? So, you know, a street level character one. with all the powers. <laughs> yeah, he's um he I think he works. Uh, he, he clearly would... he works for Dark Claw. Yes, he's he's a uh, he has tons of powers. I imagine he just has like a big bright X on his chest. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh yeah. A big glowing. Bright X, you know, big red thing, a big yellow costume still, of course. His hair... Oh, yeah, he's got to have, have like an, open, an open thing, like Gambit, so that his, his crazy up hair can, uh, can stay oh, up totally, all the time. Yeah. Or, or he's got, like, a skull cap, but, it, like, the hair maintains its shape, so it's just, like, pulled tight over that, like... <laughs> 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 big Bart Simpson number. Uh, so it kind of looks, like looks like the leader. Yeah, or, like, kid and play. Kid and play. That's yeah. I was also yeah, exactly. Now watch the dynamic duo do a little go go thing. Come on, rock and swing. You gotta roll with kid and play. Now everybody sing. All right, next. I um, pick number four for mine. Okay. Uh, I pick one. Okay, so this is a this is a weird one. As opposed to the last one. So this is uh si- this is Simon Baz. This is Simon Baz, yeah, Simon the Green Baz, Lantern. The, the Green Lantern. The Green Lantern that famously carries a gun. Uh, yeah. 
and ar- and arcade. Oh, the character who famously carries a cane, I guess. Yeah, sometimes <laughs> who has a bow tie. Yeah. So it's obviously it's a Green Lantern that has he's gonna look more like arcade mm. with that big swoopy hair, big mm-hmm. swoopy yeah. green hair. Uh, big bow tie. Yeah. Uh, the the power ring is actually right into the bow tie. He doesn't wear it on his his hand. Ooh. It's actually right there. Okay. Um, he still got that ski mask uh, thing going he, on, but with his hair sticking out Gambit style. I mean, like that seems yeah. to be all the rage. That's basically <laughs> what we're well, doing I mean, here. These are '90s characters, so they all have that. Yeah. That's exactly. True. Yeah. So he, I imagine he makes he makes like arcade death traps, but out of the the Green Lantern ring. I would assume, right? Like that's his whole yes. deal. Yeah. Yeah, he's absolutely. also got like a dark background, and he has a cane, but like it's a cane gun where like the gun comes out, like it's the ha- you know it's the handle pops out and there's a gun in there. Yeah, basically it's just a gun. The barrel of the gun is just jammed into a cane. <laughs> it's like a gun sword, but a gun sword that uh, it's not sharp. Yeah, yeah. It helps with aiming. It helps with aiming at points, and it, it makes the bullet go extra straight. These bullets go extra yeah. straight. Cool. No curveballs here. He's more modern. He's 90s, right? So he's all about that PlayStation lifestyle. You know, he's not, like, making, like, a big <laughs> pinball machine. He's, like, he's immersing you with his, uh, with his, his, uh, Green Lantern ring powers, uh, in, in a very blocky JRPG. <laughs> I love the idea of someone having a Green Lantern ring, but their things aren't, like, photorealistic. They're just, like, really blocky, like a PlayStation 1 game. That's... <laughs> yes! I would love that. Just janky edges... And also everything is green, so it looks like shitty VR. But then he gets kicked out of the core because he played, like, the pinball machine, but did it with planets. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Oh! They didn't like that on Oa. No, I mean, Mogo is is very outraged about this. Like, those are people, too. And they're like, not really, but, well, I'm a person. Jon Stewart, like, listen, I just blew up a planet, but uh, this is messed up. Like, this is just... And I only did it the one time. Yeah, exactly. Get over it. was a real oopsie doodle. (laughs) Yeah, it was a real oopsie doodle. All right, one more. All right, I pick number three. I pick four. I pick number four. Okay, so that that would be uh, Jessica Jones and everyone's favorite new character, Punchline. (sighs) You know, Punchline. We're going to insist on Punchline. See, I wish I'd pick someone else now. I wish I'd pick someone else now. All right, on to the main topic. Yeah. <laughs> well, hey, who created that character? Punchline? Yeah. I don't know. Is it James Tinian I'm, I'm... the fourth? Okay, so Bendis had no hand in it. No, I don't think so, no. Well, Punchline is, is you know, very uh I don't know nothing about Punchline. The Joker. She's just, you know, another... It's, she's not hard. She's like another Joker sidekick woman who yeah but she's more like you know i think more like psychotic and more actually like uh calculating and stuff like that where harley's just like a cartoon character chaos less fun and goofy yeah yeah Yeah, exactly so so i'm I'm just trying to find out like i'm trying to think like where's the common denominator like jessica jones i don't think really so 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 like a harley who washes her ass (laughs) (laughs) oh my god we found um, an episode title. Oh, no. <clears throat> it's a sequel to A Batman Who Washes His Ass. <laughs> Maybe it's like it's it's like Jessica Jones with like the gritty P.E.I. thing. And, yeah. Um, P.E.I. thing? She's psychotic at the Red same time. Red. And a clown nose. 
and the clown loads. So, you think so? You think your wife's cheating on you? Yep. I feel like she yep. she used to uh, be in the clown crime game, and now she's a a, a PI exclusively solving clown crimes. Um, mm. So she's sort of okay. opened a detective agency to sort of deal with clown based <laughs> clown based crimes, but she, she still wears. She otherwise is just she like totally dressed. Nose. Like yeah. I'm not. I don't live that clown life anymore. But the clown nose stays. Like that's you know maybe that was permanently fused to her nose. And uh, she, maybe it's a tattoo. Maybe it's a cool tattoo. Whenever you ask her a yes or no question, she answers either with like one honk or mm-hmm. two honks. One She's honk got a two. traumatic past with the Joker. This man dressed yeah. in purple. Ah, oh, there you go. Actually, that works. Yeah. And, uh, pretty good. she's everywhere. And you're gonna love her. She's pretty good. We We're telling you, you're gonna love her. Yeah. Yeah. Trust me. You're gonna like the comic you read. I guarantee it. <laughs> I guarantee. Okay. That's enough of this. That's enough fooling around. That's enough warming up. Let's, uh, let's move on to the main talk. Honk, honk. Yes. Honk? <laughs> God damn it. What the f? This week, what we're going to talk about is uh, I don't know how we state, like, fictional wars? Was that how we stated it? Um, that we find yeah, in like, in-universe, yeah. you know, that these happen all the time. There's either a big event or just a little storyline where it's like, the this war, this war. Like, any like time that they, they make a big deal of there being, like, things are serious, we're having, like, an actual... There's tons of them in, in, in comic history. Yeah. And they're supposed to be, like, like line-wide changes or whatever. Some of them do, some of them don't. But uh, mm-hmm. they're always, yeah, always touted as being this big deal. Some are and some aren't. But we're going to discuss some of them. Some of them that were successful, some of them not so much. <laughs> I feel like usually they're trying to, like, really, if you're doing, like, a something war in a comic, you're really trying to, like, kick it up a notch. You know what I mean? You're trying to do something that's, like, going to be, like, impactful and serious or or at least, like, something that that's, grabs attention. Um, aside from like, it's like, I'm not stopping a bank robber this week. We're having a full on war. Um, yep. and, uh, mm-hmm. that'll, that'll be a mixed bag. So I'm, I'm, this'll be fun. Who would like to go first? I can go first. Okay. Okay. Have either of you ever actually read the Kree scroll war? I haven't. Cause I think I did like way long ago, but parts, I don't know if I read the whole thing or not. Yeah. And I barely remember any of it. Well, it's, it's, it was an eight part. Uh, I wish I had had a little bit more time last night because I definitely would have read it because I didn't. <laughs> so we're going to talk about something that I don't know anything about. It's okay. I watched the Comic Tropes video on it. Oh, yeah. there yeah. we go. Good old Comic Tropes. Um, mm-hmm. I, I always find like, I don't, I, I was doing research myself and I'm just like, I haven't really read a ton of like these because they always just kind of leave me cold usually. I'm just like, especially the longer and the more involved they are, I'm just like, yes. I just don't yeah. have time for this mm-hmm. and they just lose my attention pretty easily. Not always, but yeah, that's one of those ones where I'm just like, I should read that because it's like, you know, a pretty important story, I guess, but I just, mm-hmm. I'm probably not going to. So tell me, Kyle, tell me about it, please. Well, okay, I'm gonna... This was Avengers uh, issues 89 to 97, uh, written by Roy Thomas, had a few different artists on it. And it, you know, it had the core Avengers lineup that you would think of, you know, Quicksilver, Scarlet Witch, Vision, Iron Man, Cap, Thor, Giant Man, or Goliath, because it was when Hawkeye was Goliath. Oh. Uh, Yellow Jacket and uh, the Wasp and uh, and Captain Marvel, who at the time was was bonded to Rick Jones. 
And it had a lot of super glue incident. It was one of them was stuck in the negative zone while the other one came out. Right. And then it it's very early, like the first couple of issues revealed in a flashback that like the Fantastic Four had a a pathway to the negative zone. So Captain Marvel was like, Well, what if I just went in there and pulled Rick Jones out? <laughs> like and then we're both outside. So he does that and then, you know, Ronan the accuser is all mad and he, he's like, I'm gonna I want to take over Earth. Uh, I want to accuse somebody. There was there was a lot of weird stuff in it that was like I don't know if this has been established in other stuff. Like there was a, uh, a you know a tropical land discovered in the Antarctic, and I was like, is this the Savage Land? Is this the first appearance of the Savage Land? Okay, there, so like a lot of stuff happens. It sort of goes all over the place. The Kree and the Skrull are having a war, and this is the first reference to them being at war with each other. Where it's you know it's been yeah further established as we go on that, you know, oh, they've been at war for thousands of years. So the Kree want to use Earth as, like, a, a military station ground, uh, and the Skrulls just want to blow Earth up so that the Kree can't use it. At one point, Cap and Iron Man and Thor show up, and they're like, we're disbanding the Avengers, and it turns out those are Skrulls who are faking it, and guess what Skrulls it is? Tell me! It's... The first scrolls that the Fantastic Four turned into cows. Oh. It's like, oh shit, the, the, the cows? The cow scrolls show up in this. Uh, the, it was... the first clue was that Thor had big teats. Mm-hmm. Well, Thor, famous for his huge teats. His huge teats. God of teats. This story right? is getting utterly Am ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there, there was reference to uh, McCarthyism. Where there's like this U.S. senator who's having a a, a house. What what is it called? They're having like subcommittee meetings and yeah, um, on anti-Americanism like or anti-Americanism, anti-communism. Yeah. But it was yeah. it was sort of a witch hunt for scrolls, and then it turns out that the you know the senator guy was actually a scroll. It's like, oh yeah, this character I haven't heard of before. They're probably an alien. Uh, a green had, scare. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it had the first reference to uh, Scarlet Witch and Vision being a thing. Oh. You know, it featured Rick Jones getting more cool powers where he made all like the invaders and like these golden age characters show up for a couple pages. When he has <laughs> the, a couple the, pages? When he very briefly had the uh, something called the Destiny Force where it was revealed that, you know, in, oh, in the far <laughs> future, all humans are going to have this power. And the Scrolls and the Kree had sort of reached a, an evolutionary end point where it's like oh they weren't gonna change it all they were just what they were and so they were mad at humans there's a lot of stuff a lot of weird stuff in in these eight issues a lot of stuff's just packed in uh the inhumans show up at one point or you know triton shows up at one point and he's like i'm here too uh the fantastic <laughs> four show up at one point so it, it was it was sort of like an event comic before event comics were a thing like this is 10 years before contest of champions yeah yeah where they were just like yeah yeah like rory thomas was cramming so much stuff in and just a lot a lot of stuff happens you might be asking what's the plot of this well i don't know <laughs> They go all over the place, they do a bunch of stuff, and at the end of the day, they go home. Of course. Well, quite a war. Yeah. A, a war was had. A war a war for the ages. I like I like Triton, I'm here too. I think, I, I'm here too, I think should be Triton's official catchphrase. Mm -hmm. He just shows up, he's like, and I'm here too. Like, okay, great. <laughs> um, 
And it, I'll it's, be in your pool. It's sort of the question as I was going through this was like, okay, who is the villain of this? Is it the Kree? Is it the Scrolls? Is it Ronan the Accuser? Is it the Super Scroll? Is it uh, the Supreme Intelligence? And the answer is kind of. <laughs> Everyone's kind of a the jerk. Reed Richards for turning them into cows. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, oh, Bit of an overstep. Fi- final thing I will say about this. It was apparently it was supposed to be featured in the uh, the second season of that uh, that Silver Surfer cartoon. Oh, really? Yeah, uh, but but then they read it and they were like, uh, maybe we won't do that. Yeah, and at the same time they were like, we're making it, we're actually doing a Silver Surfer cartoon, and they canceled it. It was <laughs> yeah. ridiculous. And the Silver Surfer ran out of uh, you know cosmic power for his board and had to get some nice clean burning propane <laughs> and propane accessories. That's yeah. right. I tell you what. I tell you what. Now you tell me what. I don't know what the heck's going on here, but someone needs to get their asses kicked. I'm going to talk about this bad boy. I'm holding the omnibus of the Evolutionary War. Yeah. This, I didn't, I kind of had a semblance that it was like an early, early one, but I didn't realize how early. This is 1988 that this came out. And it's the first of its kind of a storyline going through company-wise through all the annuals. Really? Is what it was. Finally, the annuals are worth something. Yeah. Well, yeah. Let's actually have them do something. Um, <laughs> so I remember when this came out and I collected – I was collecting some comics. It was obviously wasn't like every line or anything, but uh, I was doing Uncanny, some X Factor, and a couple of other ones. But I saw them come up and they just looked cool. I was like, oh, yeah, okay. So I bought like the X-Factor one, Uncanny, and maybe a couple of other ones, West Coast Avengers maybe, something like that. But the thing is, like I had no idea what was going on because it's I, I wasn't getting all of them. Mm-hmm. Um, and then years later, many, many years later, this omnibus appears in our local comic shop and Rob, who owns the shop, I bring the book up to him and I'm like, I'd like to get this. And he just kind of pauses for a second. He looks at it. Then he looks back at me and he's like, I can't charge you full price for this because it's, <laughs> it's like, you know, nice conscious. Uh, yeah. I was, it was like, it's, it's really not good. I cannot let you pay that much. I was like, wow. <laughs> and he's never done that before or since. So I was like, Ooh, it must be bad. Um, and it is, uh, it's, it's about the high evolutionary, who's always been a very strange character mm. to kind of pin down. But he's always... because well, he's so high, about, man. He's so high. Obviously, he's always... I, I guess in the last appearance, he presumably committed suicide, but apparently didn't. So he resumes his quest to enhance, guide, or control humanity's evolution. How does he do it in this story? I have no idea. Because it really doesn't explain it. Even I barely made it through this omnibus. I, I'm sure I skipped some stuff. Maybe I skipped some key things, but it just seemed kind of like the story you were just talking about. It was so all over the place. Mm-hmm. Uh, he sends out these uh, evolutionary, high evolutionary eliminators and purifiers that they all appear in all these different annuals. But each story seems to be just kind of not picture perfect, but like for that character. So it's in like the Punisher one. For some reason, the high evolutionary sends his purifiers after uh, like a drug cartel in Mexico or something. So (laughs) 
like which has what to do with evolution i don't know um he just wants to get rid of the the undesirables but it's, it seems like a ridiculous way like there's no cohesive storyline of like i'm gonna go out and do this and this will happen so mm. while it starts off with things like that like punisher with the drug cartel from that it affects the drug supply in new york so that affects spider-man and daredevil and speedball because this is right no. around where speedball <laughs> of course just it does first vintage it is um My supplies cut off a freaking out man he at one point he tries to there's the inhumans he tries to steal the terrigen mists why not really sure x factor uh he he tries to uh sterilize the unfit in uh subterranea who are kind of like mole men type of characters uh there's some another one that has to do with the nexus of all realities something else to do with savage land in uncanny x-men with that big robot terminus but like there's no cohesive line to like why he's going to these places and doing these things uh there's something with a clone of gwen stacy that goes through the the spider books yeah um and then on top of that, he also creates a giant bomb that he wants to gen- that it, when it explodes, it'll genetically alter everyone, which I don't think is introduced till later. Like that seems like that would be the main through that really line. Feels like that should be yeah the main <laughs> crux of a story, but okay. <laughs> yeah, so it doesn't make a lot of sense. And then there's I think it's in uh, it's a Avengers or West Coast whatever one. It ends with the Avengers battling. Uh, the high evolutionary and they take Hercules and they boost him up even more to make him even more powerful so he can defeat the high evolutionary which is really weird because while we were waiting to start this I just opened the book randomly and it was the West Coast Avengers one where Mockingbird was kicking the high evolutionary's ass <laughs> I feel like I mean yeah, Hercules she's is pretty great yeah, he's cool she's pretty good with that battle staff yeah, yeah. so yeah. they they pump him up so he's more powerful. They duke it out and they're battling each other to a point where there's a huge explosion and both the High Evolutionary and Hercules are apparently killed. And it's the best thing ever. It's basically, it ends on them exploding <laughs> and pieces just kind of falling. It's all good comics. And then yeah. you, you, you flip the page and this is what you see. It's... It's this is the point where Captain America is the captain. Right. So there's Captain, then there's Hank McCoy and the Falcon, and they just stand there. They look, and then in the next panel, they're like, oh, "Okay, so we should go find Yellow Jacket now." Like <laughs> just completely ignoring that their friend and the enemy just blew up and are dead. It's like they just so, don't give a shit. Like we're well, done. Bye. You know. Well, that crossover. They're all happened. a bit of a Triton in that they're here too. Yeah. <laughs> And that is the Evolutionary War. Want a Triton uh, doll where you pull the string? I'm here too. I'm here too. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I am evolved. Ah, yeah, that sounded like a big waste of time. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, yeah, the High Evolutionary is a weird one. There was some fun stuff in it, but it, like, it made no sense. There was no actual storyline. See, you had something there. You have, like, a bomb that could, like, evolve these characters that are drawn into this into things like you know maybe it goes off and like uh frank castle the punisher he evolves his hands are guns now his hands are guns and he's just like this is awesome <laughs> thanks i love it so he's like guy gardner warrior yes but just like just like you know real not like alien guns just like bullet guns oh what is that random that was oh, that guy yeah. Random. oh yeah yeah 
That guy is so Very. random. Yeah. <laughs> Lol. Speedball evolves into just drugs. Speedball. He's just drugs. He's just a pile of drugs. He, no, he, he evolves into penance. Oh, no. But he takes the mask off and it's Steve Ditko. <gasps> I've been here the whole time. Don't talk That's to me Steve or Ditko. try to find me. <laughs> but I am here if you need me. But you know what? You should really rely on yourself is the thing. <laughs> yeah. And then the Ditko mask comes off and just drugs just pour out just a human suit full of drugs <laughs> and then you and then you wake up yeah i think we made a better story honestly i, I don't know what we did <laughs> yeah. but uh i think it was good and all your teeth fall out you know this is pretty marvel heavy and uh mm-hmm. it's going to continue to be i was going to do a dc <laughs> one but i i was going to do our worlds at war which was like a, i think it was the 90s or like 2000 2001 around that time and there's a few things that were sort of interesting about it but it's like it was like a bloated crossover that ran for like three or four months and is, is that the like, one with the uh, imperiax yeah with imperiax okay. yeah and they yeah. it's and you know i i would like to revisit that at some point because I, I mostly read it because i was reading like young justice and all those books at the time and it tied into those the most interesting yeah. part of that is just like they sent children to war child soldiers uh mm-hmm. in a war okay uh, and they're the good That's guys the cool. way of the world yep um but instead i'm gonna talk about secret war <laughs> now 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 <gasps> not not secret wars <laughs> which the plot of that book was let's sell some toys uh yeah. and not not secret wars too where, uh, if I recall correctly, Spider-Man teaches the Beyonder how to poop. That, and it was starring Gino Vanelli. So, Gino, yes, exactly. Uh, and uh, not Secret Wars from, like, five or six years ago, where, like, Hickman just hickman the hell out of the Marvel Universe. Oh, so, wait, so so Secret Wars, the the one from the, the Spider-Man animated series, which was sort of a truncated version of uh, Secret Wars? That one, right? Nope, not that either. Okay. What is it? We're talking about this. Uh, the, the key difference here is that those are all plural. Those are secret wars. This is a secret war. It's singular, which makes it different. And it's not at all confusing that five different stories have the same title. Now, this is a bit of an identity crisis, if you know what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So this is a this is a five issue. We shouldn't elongate two... this anymore. Sorry. Mm. Yeah. A five-issue miniseries from 2004 written by Brian Michael Bendis and uh, drawn by or, or painted or what have you by Gabrielle Delotto or Delotto. Yes. Who does like very painterly, um, has a very specific style. Everything's a little bit shiny, yep. a little grimy looking a little bit. It's uh, it's, it's nice work. Um, it's nice stuff, so- yeah. So I hadn't really read this before. I know that it would, you know, it came out at in 2004, obviously. And uh, I'm going to explain the plot to you. And it is very 2004. That's the most interesting thing about it, in my opinion. Um, so this whole story starts, like many Bendis stories, uh, with Luke Cage. Because Bendis loves Luke Cage. Luke and, yeah, uh, yeah. Luke and Jessica Jones, uh, who are dating at mm-hmm. this point, are, are walking back to, to his, their apartment. I'm not entirely sure. Um, they go upstairs, some, what appears to be, you know, it's all in shadow, but some lady with, like, red hair, um, and, like, a glowing eye is in the apartment, like, hunched over weird, looking at, looking at them, and like, uh, what are you doing here? You just made a mistake. I'm Luke Cage. What's wrong with you? This sounds so bandissy already. Yeah. So it goes, 
there's a big explosion. Some sort of crazy laser thing happens. It puts Luke Cage in the hospital, like, in a coma. He's, like, hooked up, intubated. Apparently, it, like, caused a bunch of damage to his internal organs, and they can't operate on him because his skin is, like, you know, super strong. That's right. where things start. Um, so Nick Fury shows up for some, you know, you don't know why. It's like, oh, why, why is Nick Fury here? And then it sort of goes back to a year earlier. So S.H.I.E.L.D., I guess, had discovered that uh, supervillain tech. You know, you have all these superheroes that have all sorts of high-tech equipment. It's very expensive. And a lot of that comes from the Tinkerer, who is a Tinkerer. He makes this stuff. He thinks. So uh, they sort of put two and two together. They're sort of like, well, wait a minute. Hold on a second here. You have these guys with, like, million-dollar, like, million, very expensive high-tech equipment and they're going, like, holding up banks and stores and, like, getting, like, you know, like, ten grand. And, like, why, how, how does this make any sense? They're not, the, the equipment that they're using to, to do these crimes costs way more than what they're making. So, there's got to be something more to this. Like, this, this doesn't seem to make any sense. I mean, like, you could yeah. just argue that these, these street-level criminals just don't have, um, financial sense. Maybe that's why they're doing what they do. But in this case, they, they find out that the Tinkerer is actually in league with uh, somebody in the Latvian government who is sort of uh, bankrolling him. And I think basically setting it up so, you know, these, these criminals are, are getting this equipment uh, bankrolled by Latveria to cause all sorts of chaos. Um, right. So, so Nick Fury goes to the president and, you know, the government about, about this whole situation because, like, you know, there was, like, an attack in, in the, uh, you know, one of, supervillain, you know, big fight between, I think, like, Killer Shrike and Iron Man. Killer Shrike. I don't know. Um. So much more dangerous than regular Shrike. Much more dangerous than regular Shrike. Yes. It travels um, in pods. Yeah. So, uh, so it comes out in this meeting that, uh, the, the, the Latveria thing, the U.S. government, I guess after one of the times that uh, Dr. Doom had been deposed, I assume, um, the the U.S. government did a little interventionism, let's just say, and uh, made sure that the prime minister, the current prime minister of Latveria, uh, Lucia mm-hmm. von Bardas, was elected. Um, Lucia so, von you know, Bardas? Lard- yes, Lucia von <laughs> Bardas. 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 Yeah. Yeah. So uh, anyway, so the, apparently the U.S. government was just like, oh well, you know, we're we're on it. We we'll take care of this with diplomacy. We you know we have a good relationship with Latveria. Blah blah blah. And Nick Fury is just like, that won't do. We need to deal with this situation before Latveria attacks the United States. We need to do something about this. So what he does is he puts together a team. So he puts together a, a team of people to to go to Latveria. And uh, do an international war crime <laughs> um, by attacking a sovereign nation <laughs> based on mm-hmm. what appears to me, at least, to be pretty flimsy evidence, I guess, at this point, uh, against against the wishes of, of the United States government. Which is, the, in my opinion, the least believable part of this entire story. I'm pretty sure they'd yeah. go for it. <laughs> they'd um, be like, yeah, so go ahead. together Captain America, Daredevil, Spider-Man, Black Widow, Wolverine... Luke Cage, and introducing, for the first time ever, Quake. Is this really the first appearance of Quake? That's interesting. Who I, th- I think debuted in this comic, who is very blatantly patterned on, like, Angelina Jolie from Hackers. Blatant. They were doing a lot of that at the time. I mean, there's a reason mm. Samuel L. Jackson is uh, is Nick Fury now. And there's a reason why uh, Tommy Lee Jones is uh, the Green Goblin now, right? <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Yeah, so uh, so he he gets them all, and uh, they go on a plane to Latveria, and they're on this secret mission together. Um, I'm not 
really sure why Daredevil and Spider-Man are there. It feels like he there's a lot of people he could have gotten to do this. He's in charge of S.H.I.E.L.D., but whatever. Because, of course, they're marketable characters. Exactly. So, uh, in the modern day, so it's going kind of back and forth. So it shows that that had happened, and I think, like, they don't seem to remember this, or they're having flashes of memories that they just don't remember this happening, that this happened a year ago. Mm-hmm. So in the in uh, the modern day, there's, like, a whole army of, like, supervillains, like the Hobgoblin, and all sorts of them, where they have, like, new designs, and they're all teched out, and fancy, just fancy tinkerer technology, I guess. Fancy pants. So they're attacking those those members of this team that were in Latveria uh, out of revenge, I assume. Um, and they're all having these flashes of memories. Uh, and then this this Lucia von Bardas arrives because she's like a messed up cyborg who's like flying and has superpowers now and is trying to kill them all. As you do. Uh, and then Quake, Quake just uh, uses her powers, I guess, to just disintegrate her because she can do like earthquakes, right? So I guess she can just literally just shake somebody to death. Don't shake a baby or a lard ass. Ever. Or a, lo- ah, yeah. or a lard ass, yeah. Lard gets everywhere. Don't it's shake disgusting. anybody. Ugh. So uh, what Fury reveals after this happened is that the mission that they were on, this team went together to infiltrate, uh, like, the Castle Doom, like Doomstadt, which is, you know, where the government's operating out of. And then Quake just destroys the whole thing. Fury just says, like, take it down. And I don't know why they're all there. Apparently, he just needed Quake. I don't really know what the purpose of this was. He brought them all halfway around, like, the world to Latveria to go to Doom Castle so Quake could destroy it, I guess. Well, so they could all all look at her and be like, wow, you're really cool, Quake. I'm glad you're here. You're you're my best friend now, and I'm Spider-Man, and you're my best friend. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, so she destroys the whole castle, which just... It kills just hundreds of people. Like, there's, there's there's people in there. There's, like, a government operating out of this. And uh, and everybody is immediately like, what? Like, they're just completely outraged that they had anything to do with this and that this happened. Um, and then, as it turns out, they were also mind-wiped after the, after the fact, of course, which Wolverine is especially mad about because mm-hmm. he's got a history with that sort of thing and uh, tries immediately, like, tries to kill Fury who it was revealed, of course, is a life model decoy piloted by uh, another, like, Nick Fury elsewhere. Uh, so, yeah, this this story is... That's that's basically the story. Uh, after that, like, Nick Fury says, like, it had to be done, and I had to do this to protect us, and, you know, maybe you don't understand, but I make the hard choices because of Nick Fury, and now I'm, you're not going to see me anymore because I committed an international incident, but I'm going to be doing my work. And Quake is still working with him, and that's just sort of how it ends, where he's going to keep doing... Uh, international war crimes. Um, Isn't that what Nick Fury always did? Basically, yeah. yeah, Basically, yeah. But I I just find the the crux of this story is so beautifully America 2004 because uh, interventionism went wrong when they tried to, you know, intervene with Latveria to install their own friendly, you know, their own friendly leader, basically. Mm -hmm. That went wrong. So the response to that was to do more interventionism and, like, take down this government, (laughs) Uh, which also went wrong. For freedom. Which, and the end result was uh, Latveria attacking the United States, which was what all the interventionism was supposed to prevent. So they caused what they were trying to prevent with all of the interventionism, and it's going to keep happening, America, 2004. Well, America, always. But uh, 
I, I don't know if this was like on purpose, like supposed to be a criticism, or if it was just just the most 2004 plot nine you could possibly imagine that accidentally made kind of a good point. I, the weird thing I, is, I want to give Bendis the credit. I collected this thing. I have oh, yeah? this, and I don't remember this at all. Like I, it was I a weird one. Reading it and kind of like oh, I don't know sure if I'm really liking this. Yeah, I do like the art. I think it was, mm-hmm. I was buying it more for the art than anything else. But and my favorite part of it was Wolverine throughout this entire comic was just like just drunk, like just wasted the entire time. Like he they go on this plane to Latveria and he's just like coming out of the bathroom talking about like hey, had to have the shit and he's like hitting on the stewardess and he's just being like <laughs> a big a big. F- weird creep to like literally everyone around him and it's very uncomfortable you see him in the modern day and like literally he's introduced just like sitting in front of the uh, the x-mansion just drinking a beer like <laughs> bendis just wants wolverine just to be like a drunken train wreck well when you live in a school that's where you have your beers yeah you gotta go outside yeah, yeah exactly well i think what we learned today is that war is inevitably stupid and pointless and a waste of everyone's time <laughs> I think that's here, true. Here. I think yeah. that's correct. So with that note, I think we should get on to the part where we say, who who are we? Who are we? Um, well, I'll, I'll, oh. I'll say who I am. Yeah, I'm going to put my name on this. My name is Bri. <laughs> uh, Bri Kotick. And I make, I make, uh, I used to make comics, and maybe perhaps I'll make them again soon. I'm really hoping to. At welcometohereafter.com. Uh, you can also find me if you want to on Instagram at my name, which is B-R-Y-K-O-T-Y-K. And that's me! I'm Merck. Uh, you can find me at MerkAsylum.ca, M-E-R-K-A-S-Y-L-U-M.ca. Merck on Facebook, Merkanaut like astronaut on the Instagrams. And my name is Kyle Lees, and you can check my stuff out at thekylees.com. I've got some shirts, some books, some prints, some GIFs and JPEGs and PNGs for you. Ooh, look at them. Yeah. Mm. No bitmaps. There's no no um, not a what a, one. What year is who this? would do that? BMPs. Who would do that? They're so darn big. <laughs> Kiss my bitmap is what I say. And of course, all all three of us are also at the Thunder Bay Country Market. Mm-hmm. Uh, Saturdays from eight until one. Wednesday from three thirty to six thirty with our good friend Ryan Mackett. And then also a, a big thanks to Ocean City Defender uh, KP Merkley for doing all the music and musical interstitials. Uh, check him out under Ocean City Defender. Not the game, but the music. Yeah. yeah. I gotta try that game someday, though. We will see you next week when we celebrate a very special boy's birthday. <gasps> Yours? Not, no, not mine. Mine was, like, a couple weeks ago. Yours. Oh. Oh, mine! Yeah! Hey. He's a birthday hey. boy! I love, we're in the, uh, we're in the birthday zone. It's like the last three months of the year is just, like, birthday yep. mania. Yeah. Birthday, birthday, Early birthday. Early in the year, everyone's fucking. <laughs> well, see you next week. <laughs> I didn't do, agree do, to do, any do, of this. Do, do, doodly do. And then, uh... Okay. Who's picking the other one? You are. Me? <laughs> <laughs> We each pick a number. All right, I pick, uh, I pick, I pick three.